Forty Futures is a speculative fiction series about the criminal justice system, written and read by Jason Taché. Biodata and stolen art push EU-US relations to new lows. Strasbourg. In another blow to EU-US cooperation, the world's most allegedly infamous black market antiquities dealer will not be extradited to stand trial in the United States. Sofia Teixeira, a Portuguese national, was charged in the U.S. with the distribution, purchase, and sale of dozens of stolen Iron Age artifacts from Africa, Asia, and Europe. However, in a first-of-its-kind case, her attorneys successfully fought her extradition by arguing that the technology used to collect evidence against Teixeira did not comport with EU privacy law, thus invalidating the request. Today's decision affirms that the EU stands for privacy and human rights of its citizens, said Tiago de Luz, one of Teixeira's attorneys. In a story pulled out of a spy novel, the FBI found a cache of artifacts allegedly trafficked by Teixeira in the Washington, D.C. suburb of Reston, Virginia, thanks to the use of a mesh router system installed by the home's owner. The technique allowed investigators to track movement within the space by monitoring how the Wi-Fi signals bounced around the house, according to the charging document. This brought the FBI's attention to the false wall hiding the stolen antiquities. By the time charges were filed in U.S. federal court, Teixeira had already flown to Lisbon, where she resides. The search we conducted of Ms. Teixeira was done so with a legal warrant and within the bounds of the U.S. Constitution, said Marta Dole, the U.S. Attorney for Virginia's Eastern District, in a written statement. We will continue to work with our counterparts in Europe to ensure that individual rights are protected and criminals are correctly punished. The tension leading to this outcome has been in the making for some time. It's a perfect storm, really, says Liam McInerney, a scholar-in-residence at Maynooth University School of Law in Ireland. While the U.S. has failed to pass comprehensive privacy legislation, the EU has continued to codify and affirm privacy protections for criminal defendants. The cleavage was there. This outcome was all but inevitable. Two major factors led to the failed extradition. A decade ago, the EU was sued by a Swedish privacy watchdog over its training of Kosovar and Moroccan police. The European Union Agency for Law Enforcement Training trained local police on how to create fake social media accounts, track devices, and build biometric dossiers at border crossings, all techniques banned or highly regulated in the EU itself. The European Court of Human Rights put an end to EU exporting these practices in a sweeping opinion. In response to the scandal, the EU Parliament passed the Biometric Data Protection Regulation, or BDPR. The sprawling law requires data and privacy protection assessments for any novel investigatory technique used in a criminal trial of an EU citizen. Not only keeping EU law enforcement practices in check, the assessments essentially act as an import control against privacy-busting searches happening against EU citizens beyond the bloc's borders. The case revolved around whether or not the privacy protection assessment of the search technique used to find the stolen works was a valid basis to stop the extradition. The court said it was. The technique used to collect evidence linking Ms. Teixeira to the stolen artifacts runs counter to the BDPR's protection of physical movement in a private residence, read the court's opinion published Monday. As previous cases have plainly laid out, EU member states can deny extradition of their citizens if the extradition would cause that citizen physical harm. We extend that principle to protect the rights of defendants, in some cases. As the court hinted, this is not the first time it has blocked an extradition to the states. 
1989, an extradition request to the U.S. was at first denied because a guarantee against using the death penalty was not made by the U.S. state where the trial would be held. A similar decision was made in 2012, which stopped a deportation to Jordan because of concerns regarding evidence obtained by torture. While Teixeira will not face trial in the U.S., she still may be charged in a number of EU countries where she allegedly conducted her black market business. The media attention surrounding the extradition is a return to the public eye for Teixeira. The scion of a prominent Portuguese family that made their money in shipping, she rose to prominence in her late teens and early 20s as an adventurous socialite studying archaeology at the University College London. However, she left the public eye and social media shortly before graduating from university, which other outlets have reported lines up with her alleged transition into antiquity smuggling using her family's vessels. Even though the U.S. response was conciliatory to the court's opinion, experts expect outcomes like this to become more common as the U.S. and the EU move farther apart on privacy and criminal rights. We've been saying it forever, but America is still the Wild West when it comes to digital privacy, says McInerney in Ireland. This has led to complications, failed negotiations, and a general devolution on the data-sharing agreements between the two powers. With that trajectory in mind, he says, we shouldn't expect Teixeira to be an exception. This case will likely become the rule. Hello and welcome back to 40 Futures. This is Jason Tache. This is episode three, and I just got done reading uh, my story about a failed extradition uh, from the European Union to the United States. And you know, for this commentary section, I'm using it to kind of talk about how our current moment in time, the time that we all currently exist in, can get us to kind of these far-flung futures, both by looking at the technology, the ethics, and in reality, the policy as well. I think initially when I started this project, I was thinking about it from an ethical and a technical standpoint. And as I've started to do these commentaries, it's clear that like a uh, just something I was not thinking with that's super embedded in these stories is like the policy implications that are happening now and where they could lead in the future as well. So that's kind of becoming a third topic that I'm wanting to cover in these these commentaries. I want to jump into the story itself. Now, the, the tech is actually kind of secondary in importance uh, to this particular story, so I'm going to kind of deal with it really quick. I guess like the quick rundown is that you can use a mesh router to track movement like this can be done academically. We've known this for I don't know five or seven years uh, that the radio frequencies that a Wi-Fi router or a mesh router, which is where you have just like a number of different points within a router all talking to each other, can be used to track movement within a given space. Like th this is just a thing that we've known. To the best of my knowledge, there is not a law enforcement application of this yet. I haven't seen it as like evidence in a case, which isn't to mean say that it's not being used for those means but i just haven't seen it yet so like this this technology has gotten advanced enough that it's actually like a, a feature like a, an advertised feature on uh, certain routers now linksys actually has uh, linksys the router company actually sells a mesh router where this is an explicit feature that you can track motion in a space with their router this is all to say that this is out there it is happening. I do not know when we will see the law enforcement application, but I suspect if it hasn't happened already, we will see it in the near term. 
But I mean, what's the important thing though about the mesh router in this particular story is that it's a vehicle to discuss kind of these larger issues about the U.S. and the EU's viewpoints on on privacy and kind of a fracturing global order that we're obviously seeing geopolitically as kind of the post-war, post-Cold War structures are being tested or, or, or completely tossed away. But but as well, like this fracturing of the internet as well is one of the things that was going through my mind when I was writing this particular story. So let's dive into kind of how we then get there in this story. Like, how do we go from the moment that we are in now, both politically, ethically, and get, get to the point where basically the European Court of Justice holds up its middle finger to the United States and says, we're not going to send this alleged art thief uh, back to you to stand trial. And the big thing in my mind when I was thinking about this story and, and where this tension could come from was this case called Schrems II, which went through the European court system back the last decade and the EU Court of Justice issued opinion in 2020 about the EU-US privacy shield. That's that's what this issue was about. And th- this is like obviously the second case that happened in this series. The whole thing is super convoluted. And I'm not going to claim expertise to the whole universe of, of Schrems precedent. But basically what the conflict was, was that the U.S. really likes giving supremacy to law enforcement when it comes to uh, issues of privacy. And the EU really likes to give supremacy to privacy of its citizens. And this is in direct conflict when it comes to this agreement, the privacy shield, between data transfer and processing between the U.S. and EU countries. And, And so basically... Like the short version of this is all of the stuff that Edward Snowden told us about a decade ago, coupled with the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act in the United States and a few U.S. presidential executive orders run headlong into any expectation of privacy that the EU holds dear, whether that's their Charter of Fundamental Rights, which holds up individual privacy as as a human right, or the General Data Protection Regulation, uh, which is the 2018 law that is probably the most important privacy law in the world, which came out of the EU. And, and these things are in, in deep conflict. So that that's where this tension is playing out currently between kind of these U.S. approach to law enforcement and privacy and the, U, the approach that the Europeans have. That's like the, like the super in the weeds legalistic issue. But there's like a larger geopolitical issue that's also playing out. And that is basically that the internet is balkanizing. I, I think most of us still think about the internet as this borderless entity that anybody can get on and they can be anywhere in the world and talk to anybody in the world. But that's clearly becoming less and less true as time goes on. Like both China and the US want to see the internet in their own image. I, I don't think there's much debate to have there except for like whose image do we like more. At the same time, like Russia is working very hard to functionally create a closed network just for Russia so that the state can completely control the internet there. And, and meanwhile, the EU uh, is trying to create standards and rules beyond what the private players that have dominated the internet for the past 35 years have already set up. So to put forward these types of privacy regulations, to put forward human rights standards online uh, that exist in the terrestrial world, but maybe are met with gray areas of indifference once you log on to the internet. 
ultimately, I don't see the fight that's happening now. And this is me cribbing kind of the work of, of Sean uh, McDonald and, and, and Mina. But basically, this battle isn't going to look much different than battles for centuries over who's going to control trade routes, who is going to control commerce, who is going to come out on top. This is a fight for supremacy. This is a fight for money. This is a fight for control. Uh, and, and it is playing out now. In the meantime, Europeans who have been really proactive about bringing regulation to the internet simultaneously do not have big economic players in cyberspace, right? There's no Alphabet, Meta, Amazon, Baidu, Tencent that's coming out of any European country. And so that tension, I suspect, because they don't have the big economic interests that the other internet superpowers do, the U.S. and China, that they will continue to regulate and bring human rights standards and bring legal expectations to the internet that the U.S., at a minimum, is super unwilling to do. Like The U.S. and China don't, and Russia specifically, don't tend to sign on to the big international uh, statements about how and why they're going to bring human rights to the internet. They just don't do it, even if say, like a company like uh, Microsoft or Alphabet would be in favor of that. And so when it comes to this particular story, I suspect that the EU is going to keep ratcheting up pressure in the way that they've already been ratcheting up pressure. And if the U.S. keeps going down kind of its isolationist, anti-international foreign policy path that it has been on basically since the turn of the century, then like the Europeans are going to have less and less reason to play nice uh, with the U.S. if we continue to, you know, break standards and norms uh, in the current world order. The chances of this type of reality, where like an extradition becomes harder between the EU and the U.S. because the U.S. isn't respecting privacy rights and the EU just really doesn't care about whether or not they export their criminals back to the U.S. because geopolitically it just doesn't matter to them in the same way that it used to then i think the story that i talk about this week seems super likely to come to pass with that i'm going to leave the commentary there for this week as always thank you very much for listening to 40 futures for links to what i talked about today check out justicetech.download that is the url this project is written recorded and produced by me jason tache if you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll be back in your feed next Thursday. Until then, take care.